right, everybody. How are we doing? I hope everybody's having a fantastic morning, noon, or night. Wherever you guys are in the world, you're certainly in the right place because, uh, man, this is going to be a fun one. Um, we're recording this. It's Wednesday, December 13th. You guys are listening to it probably on the 14th or, or sometime way, way after that uh, because you got us on recording. But you know, regardless, it's been an incredible uh, market, right? The past couple weeks, few weeks, right? I mean, it's been... Um, pretty much nothing but green. We've seen a couple pullbacks here and there, but as the market heats up, Brendan and I are coming to you with kind of these one-off episodes, right? We're going to be posting uh, and sharing more content um, that's more market update style. I mean, we're going to still do all of the interviews that you guys know and that you love and that we love doing. It's like our favorite part of the job, right? Being able to talk to the smartest people in the world in crypto and bring you guys what we think is the best possible crypto education. Uh, But as the markets heat up, you know, it's time to start realizing some massive profits and and doing things um, in a very particular way. Okay, Uh, we've been telling you guys for the past, you know, two years, right, of bear market. Now's the time in the bear market. Right. Uh, We were telling you guys, make sure you're buying, make sure you're dollar cost averaging. But the strategy needs to change now. Okay, we're going from a slow market to now a fast market. We want to make sure that you guys are up to speed with how we're thinking, how we're trading, and all that kind of stuff. So anyhow, long-winded uh, preface or preamble or whatever to what we're going to be doing here um, on these market update episodes. So with that, um, gentlemen, um, let's get started. Hey guys, TiVo here with a quick ad break to tell you that today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some of the much-needed clarity in the finance world, thus helping you make smarter decisions with your money. Some of the things I've learned from these guys include planning for my tax bills, managing finances with your partner, making a balanced budget, saving on travel, planning for some retirement, and boosting my credit score. If these things sound interesting to you, make sure that you listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. So amongst the hustle bustle of our busy lives, my wife and I are always on the lookout for ways to streamline our daily routines without compromising on the quality of our meals. And that's where Factor comes into play, perfectly aligning with our desire to save time amidst our hectic work schedule. Now, Factor's array of delicious, ready-to-eat meals, expertly prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, simplifies eating well every single day. And with over 35 weekly options catering to various dietary preference like keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, you know, Factor ensures we're well equipped for the week ahead and the convenience of having nutrition packed meals and over 55 add-ons delivered directly to our door transforms weekly meal planning into a delightful experience. And, and guys, real quick, Factor has a two minute meal as well, many of them. And it offers us the luxury of enjoying restaurant quality food in the comfort of our own home, ready to heat and eat at our convenience. The broad selection extends beyond meals to include snacks, smoothies, and everything else, right? Covering all of our little hankerings and cravings throughout the day. Now look, the service's cost effectiveness when compared to takeout paired with the assurance of nutritious and delicious options is what makes Factor a no-brainer for me and my wife. Um, And it should be a no-brainer for you too. Now, what truly sets Factor apart is its flexibility, meaning the option to choose between 16 to 18 meals per week, along with the ability to pause or reschedule deliveries, ensuring that the service adapts to our ever-changing schedules and not the other way around. We're in charge, right? The no prep, the no mess meals, uh, guys, it's just been a game changer for us. 
and now we're able to focus on what matters most, building our relationship together without the hassle of meal prep and cleanup. So if you're ready to embrace a week filled with effortless, feel-good meals, then visit factormeals.com slash crypto101.com. 50 and use the code crypto 10150 for an incredible 50% off your first order. Don't miss out on this opportunity to elevate your meal time with factors, fast upscale and easy dining solutions. Again, that's crypto 10150. That's the code at factormeals.com slash crypto 10150 and claim your 50% off discount today. So uh, Brendan, how are you doing today? Um, life's good. I see you got a little red shirt on here, maybe uh, representative of some red in the markets. Uh, I don't know, yeah. maybe. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's it's symbolizing just a little bit what's happening in the markets. But I got to say that even with this pullback, this is one of the first real sizable pullbacks that we've seen in quite a while. And luckily for us, that's be that's really been because of just how good the crypto markets have been performing, mm -hmm. whether it's Bitcoin whether it's large cap altcoins, whether it's small cap altcoins, we have seen things popping off left and right. It's like we stuck the popcorn in the microwave and now we're <laughs> sitting back after all of our labor, maybe after a hard day of work, and we are watching the popcorn pop. And man, is it awesome? I mean, there's just certain days where you're looking and you're like, hey, that coin's now up 20%. Oh, that mm -hmm. altcoin's up 30%. Oh, even Bitcoin's up double digits on the day. And we're starting <laughs> to enter into a time of the market that a lot of us find exciting. Yeah, no, I, I got so much to say on that and more. Uh, I want to also say what's up to our super uh, super producer, super duper producer TiVo in the background, uh, checking in on making sure we're uh, we're staying on on the rails here. TiVo, life's good by you. Hopefully you've uh, you've got your bags packed in, in some of these altcoin markets. Absolutely, absolutely. Learn learning from the best of the business with you guys, and uh, yeah, price action's been fun, and the content uh, we've been making for this channel, the YouTube, um, has been starting to take off. Uh, I know we're going to be doing some chart work later in this episode, so make mm -hmm. sure you check out the link in the show notes. Uh, check out our YouTube. Um, just the content's flying, honestly, yeah. and uh, I think this is why we're doing our market update episodes to keep the people informed of the price action while also bringing world class interviews uh, every week. No, I, I have not been sleeping. That's how fun this market has been. It is just incredible. And there's just so much to talk about and so much to chart, so much to buy. There's so little time. And so that's kind of uh, part of the reason why I think everybody should be joining us on YouTube. Uh, so you guys could actually see the charts as well that we're going to be talking about on all these shows and stuff like that. Um, but with that being said, something very interesting happened this week, Brendan. Um, oh, it yeah. was a huge bill that was introduced by none other than the leader of the anti-crypto army, uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren, and you know the self-proclaimed anti-crypto army that she's running. And so it's just crazy that she, she introduces this bill, which in, in short, in essence, uh, you know, again, I'm not a lawyer, this isn't legal advice, um, anything like that, but my breakdown of it is that it would basically make holding a Ledger Nano or holding a MetaMask wallet or holding any sort of crypto in a non-custodial wallet, or where you self-custody, that would basically be illegal. Okay, that illegal. Is, like, that's crazy. That's crazy. And the only way that you would make it come into compliance is by um, making you know, the, 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 the wallet, every sort of wallet address, basically as de-anonymized as your bank account, right? Or something like that. Um, it would basically make it so that 
uh, any sort of crypto assets you hold, your NFT on Solana that you want to hold in your wallet and show your buddies. Okay, if you hold that and you're not filed with this certain, you know, under these certain regulations with this bill, okay, you you are now breaking the law. If you want to just hold Bitcoin, you know, you started a, a Bitcoin sort of uh, account or whatever, and, and you're thinking, oh, I want to send it and I want to play with ordinals or I just want to send some money to my, my, my family, wherever it is, boom. If, even if you just open that wallet and it only holds a few dollars on it, you are now breaking the law. And so, so, so to me, this is just a, a huge miss, a yeah. huge miss if this gets passed. But ladies and gentlemen, I don't ever come to you guys uh, with you know, bearing bad news without bringing you hope and without bringing you some good news along with it. Because the good news is um, she's batting. Tiva, what's it called when, when you're playing baseball, you got a batting average, but, but you never actually hit a ball? Like you, you've actually just never, ba- are you batting zero out of a thousand? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah you're, batting, you're batting zero, or if you strike out as many times. If, <laughs> if a player goes 0 for 4 with four strikeouts in a game, I believe it's called the golden sombrero. So she's the <laughs> golden sombrero of can I, passing. Can I get goals. the meme going? Of, uh, Elizabeth Warren rocking the golden sombrero? Because this is what this is. If you look at her track record, she has sponsored dozens and dozens and dozens of bills over the years. I think she's been in Congress for, for half a decade or so. She's been sponsoring these bills left and right. Every single bill that she has sponsored has not passed. And what does that say? It, it just, to me, sounds like she's missing the mark. She, 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 she's, she's not aligned with Congress, or she's not aligned with the people writ at large. She's certainly not aligned with the technology uh, sector or, or anything like that. It seems like she's aligned with, you know, the incumbents, the big banks, all that who might be in her pocket, um, you know, funding all these reelection campaigns. Um, so, so for me, seeing this bill, the market sold off right at the beginning of the week, the market, you know, Bitcoin went from 44,000 all the way to 40,000. It was perfectly coincided with the announcement of this big sweeping bill to really scare the market. We've seen this kind of stuff in the past. This to me, I don't think this is going to get passed. Again, not legal advice, all that kind of stuff. Future is still, you know, yet to be unfolding. Um, we're still very curious to see um, who steps up to fight this, right? Because, you know, we, we spoke to Bill Hughes, um, who runs global policy for MetaMask the other day on the podcast. It was one of the most incredible conversations I personally have ever had in my life, let alone on the podcast, right? It was, it was such a sweeping discussion of regulation and policy and all that stuff. And it reminds me that there has to be people fighting on the other end of sweeping, you know, you know, bills like this that, that violate our, our rights to privacy and human sovereignty and individualism and right to property and all these things. There has to be people on the other end fighting for us. And guys like Bill Hughes and all the cohort of, uh, of crypto lawyers that are out there that are, that are live streaming from the courthouse and all this kind of stuff, those are the people that are fighting the good fight. And we need more people. We need people to be calling their congressmen. We need to be you know, writing letters to our senators, letting them know that these bills that, 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 that are being proposed right now you know, don't actually serve the needs of America and consumers and innovation and protect our GDP growth and protect our competitiveness and our military edge and all these things. Because guess what? If we don't do it and we don't protect individuality, China is going to steamroll us and there's just going to be nothing but a dictatorship that's globally just destroying the world. Russia, craziness, right? It's going to be a horrible paradigm if we don't protect individualism 
and, 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 and the constitutional rights that America in the West has pioneered and made so important and part and parcel of every day. We need to protect those. And crypto, I think, is an embodiment of all of those Western ideals. Um, and so, so to me, this is, this, is, this is huge, right? And so I don't think it's going to get passed. I think there's good, smart people fighting our fight. Um, but it's, it does, you know, we don't just get these laws um, on our side without fighting, right? We have to have a voice. We have to speak up. And so that's what we do a lot, right? We, we, we try and spread our opinions, our knowledge, our education of what's unfolding. Um, but I wanted to bring that to everybody's attention because, you know, people are texting me, people are calling me. They're saying, Bryce, there's this new bill that could be passed and it could outlaw your industry. What are you doing about it? And I'm, I'm like, I just don't know. She's batting golden sombrero numbers. Uh, I don't know if she's going to be closing this deal. I mean, with her numbers, I think we're past the golden sombrero. I think we're at the diamond or platinum sombrero at this point. Uh, Tivo, I think you had the numbers for us, but it was something wild. Sorry. Yeah, and, and actually, shout out, to, uh, shout out to Tom Dunleavy on the analysis there. He's, he's the guy who I saw first do this analysis that went through all of her uh, sort of um, you know, bills that she sponsored and that didn't get passed. And so now, I don't know if he had the original one, but I want to shout out to him. He's a good guy. Um, we, we love him. He's been on the show before. But uh, yeah, anyhow, now I'm so seeing the, it. I mean, these numbers, these, the numbers were crazy. So lifetime stats for uh, Elizabeth Warren bills. 305 that she introduced, zero became law. 1,766 that she was a co-sponsor of with other senators, and 45 of those became law. What is that? So her- out of uh, one, seven, eight, six. You know, that's that's two and a half percent close rate. And that's for that's, co-sponsored bills. Yeah. Her, 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 her 305. She's batting zero for her <laughs> self-introduced bills. And, and, and admittedly, I will it. say to, to play devil's advocate here. Um, I am curious to see what the numbers are for other senators because I can't right. imagine and, it's glorious. Well, and as a podcast, we collectively have also introduced zero bills that have become law as well. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, can't throw stones in a glass house. Yeah, exactly. But ju- just a, a shameless self-promotion on, on your point you just made. The Bill Hughes episode actually went out on Tuesday. So with all the news with this Elizabeth Warren bill, and um, especially last week, I believe it was Jamie Dimon was testifying again, and her and uh, Elizabeth yeah. Warren were playing badminton back and forth with their anti-crypto talk. Um, a super important episode for everybody to go back and listen to if you did not. So the Bill Hughes episode uh, dropped on Tuesday. So check yeah, that out. I, I couldn't say it any better, TiVo. Um, Seriously, what, what what perfect timing to to kind of dive in. And uh, Brendan, there was another thing that I saw. Uh, Google actually introduced uh, new advertising policies. They seemed kind of ominous. They seemed a little bit foretelling. Um, I don't know. Did you see this? What 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 was kind of going on at Google? Yeah, you know, for me, this was the final nail in the coffin. For okay. me, this has pretty much said that the ETFs are here and they are all but released at this point because you have to kind of read into the statement. They are not going to release a statement like this the way that they worded it without already having a team worked on this because there's so many sides to what they announced here. There's a regulatory side. There's a compliance side. You have to have a back-end side of engineers that are actually designing and working on this product and making the, the product work for these ETFs. Like there's so much that goes into this on both the the back end, the front end, the regulatory and compliance side. They have had to, they have to have multiple teams that have already begun and have been working on something like this to even get to the 
to even get to the point where they feel comfortable announcing it. So this means that, in my opinion, right, you know, I'm, 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 maybe this is my little conspiracy theory, but they know what's up. And they have had teams working on this, multiple teams, um, like I just said. They've had them working on this for who knows how long, and they know what's happening in the background, or else they wouldn't release. I mean, it's such a specific announcement that talks <laughs> yeah. about directly allowing advertisers to target um, anybody with their cryptocurrency ETFs. They don't say Bitcoin ETFs. They don't say Ethereum ETFs. They say cryptocurrencies ETFs or trust products, which means that it could be Bitcoin and Ethereum and other products that are to come. Yeah. So they're setting the infrastructure for something a lot bigger here. To me, this tells me that they know that these ETFs are a matter of when, not if. And they are doing everything in their power to be ready by, or not even by, before the end of January. Because we've said it before, Bryce, I know you've talked about it. We see these ETFs being approved around the early to mid-January. And if Google is saying that advertising for these trusts are going to be allowed before January is over, it tells me that these things are, are almost a done deal. The writing is on the wall. Um, yeah. you, you couldn't be more right. And, and two things on that. Um, one, I also hear speculation that uh, one of these ETF providers is looking for a Super Bowl ad. Um, there, there's been discussion that uh, there's, there's going to be Bitcoin ETF Super Bowl ads. I think that's a pretty big leak. Um, and the other thing I was going to say was in regards um, to this Bitcoin ETF, um, that's going to be, you know, probably, you know, as Bloomberg sort of has uh, gone out on a limb, two analysts, ETF analysts at Bloomberg have said this is like a 99 sort of percent chance. Like this is uh, this is as much of a lock as uh, as it could be. And so that to me is is a huge sign because what's going to happen is you're you're going to have the ability for for Bitcoin to now be much more attractive to buy for for these large billion dollar institutions where. You know, you could use portfolio margin now to buy Bitcoin ETFs, uh, and it's going to track the price of the spot Bitcoin one for one. And then you could use that BT, uh, BTC ETF, and you could then margin that. And so it kind of gets institutions out of this really tight quandary where they actually have to go outlay currently in today's infrastructure, outlay you know cash, right, cold hard cash, and go buy Bitcoin off some random exchange. It's very difficult. And there's lots of risks there. And it's very expensive, right? Especially when cash is yielding so much right now. There's an opportunity cost there. And so kind of being able to, to have now Bitcoin piped in to the financial plumbing that already exists in the Charles Schwab's and Fidelity's uh, and, and all these different accounts of the world, right? That's big. The fact that you know, there's going to be you know, passive buying from, from pension funds, you know, endowments and everybody who wants to out, you know, individuals who want to allocate their 401k or their retirement accounts, a small portion to, to Bitcoin, right? Maybe that's every, every week that you get paid, right? Like, you know, all, you know, for my 401k or whatever, you know, buy a little bit of the S&P every week, um, that kind of stuff. I think, you know, adding Bitcoin to that mix is just going to add a whole new universe of buyers. It's going to be insane. So the Bitcoin ETF, you cannot discount. Um, and then we, we've talked about it a lot, the Bitcoin halving coming up in April, 2020. Uh, sorry, 2024, slated for sometime between you know April 17th and April 23rd. Um, that's kind of a shifting window. Um, obviously, super excited about that. I think it's it's going to be such an explosive combination because you have with the ETF a step function increase 
in a, un- a new universe of buyers, right? Like all these people we talked about who've never been able to buy Bitcoin, never wanted to kind of get into it because of all the, uh, all the you know, stickiness around exchanges and stuff. They're not going to be able to buy it super seamlessly. There's a whole new universe of buyers. The one thing Paul Tudor Jones says that unifies every bull market, the one thing he's seen is an ever-expanding universe of, of new buyers for that asset or that asset class. And that's, that's what we're getting, just a step function, right? And so that's huge. Um, but you're also, at the same time, or about four months apart, at the same time, you're getting um, a step function reduction in the supply, right? Because now, currently, there's about 900 Bitcoin that are released every single day. You're going to have about 450 Bitcoin that are going to be released every day in one fell swoop, right? Steps down. So now you get a, a step up in demand, a step down in supply. And ladies and gentlemen, anybody who, who, who stayed awake in any single of their econ or business courses knows that supply and demand you know, in these sort of dynamics are going to result, unless the laws of, of market dynamics breaks down, which is you know, maybe even an offshoot of the laws of physics, right? Unless that breaks down, um, we should see far higher prices for Bitcoin. And um, you know, we've seen historical correlations of all these altcoins that as Bitcoin moves, it kind of drags the altcoin market higher as well. And then as Bitcoin consolidates, um, at a new and accepts kind of a new market value. That's when they're, the altcoin season kind of goes off and it runs, right? You see all this popcorn price action. And we're, we're kind of at that, that point right now. And there's something very interesting happening. Um, you'll, you'll note that we have, and, and I need, let me take a sip of water here because there's a lot going on. But we now have Bitcoin at the 50% retracement mark from the high. Right, so at sixty nine thousand dollars, dropped all the way down to fifteen thousand dollars. Now we're right around forty to forty five thousand dollars on any given day. Right, so that's kind of the fifty percent retracement mark of the drawdown. We've now recovered half of the drawdown for the bear market. All right, everybody give themselves a hand. It was a lot of fun. Right, no, it wasn't. It sucked, <laughs> but we're now you know we, we we've come back and now you see Bitcoin's setting a pretty big trading range. I mean, five thousand dollar trading range is pretty big, um, and. What we're seeing now as Bitcoin kind of accepts this new market valuation, this new re-rating, and market gets comfortable with this, you see just an explosion uh, in, in individual altcoins almost day after day. And, and you're seeing just, you know, kind of like Brennan put perfectly the analogy of popcorn. It's one after another, after another, after another, and the whole altcoin market is now getting dragged up as Bitcoin finds a new, new kind of comfort zone. Um, and this comfort zone is not random. This is going to be the new cost of production of Bitcoin. How fun is that, right? As the, uh, we, we've been talking about this in webinars and in podcasts and all sorts of different stuff, newsletters, we, 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 we've talked about this concept a lot. So if this is your first time hearing it, um, I guess it's pretty important. But the cost to mine Bitcoin now around $20,000, $23,000 on average globally. Now, it's obviously very profitable to mine Bitcoin right now. But when the, the halving occurs, um, the average cost to mine Bitcoin will be $40,000. So again, what's the cost to mine Bitcoin? It's you know the cost of energy, um, the cost of hardware, cost of infrastructure maintenance, all that stuff. So on average, globally, there, there's indexes that track the, the cost to mine Bitcoin. This, this, this new $40,000 cost of production, this is, you know, like we said, this should probably be the floor for the next cycle. And so now we're here. Um, so anyhow, congrats to everybody who kind of like is traded along the way. Um, but there's a lot of good uh, altcoin sort of updates that are coming along. Um, but yeah, I, I want to pause there. Uh, I want to get your guys' thoughts. You know, TiVo, I want to go to you real quick. You know, how, how does all of this sound to you? Like kind of as, as somebody who's not necessarily 
you know, you know, you're not managing a crypto hedge fund. You kind of just got into the the space a couple years ago. How are you thinking about this crypto market and kind of allocating your portfolio and kind of just trying to do the best you can to capitalize on this market? Yeah, I think the, uh, I guess it goes back to just kind of smart money, dumb money. If, if you're investing in anything, whether it's the stock market, the meme craze of a couple of years back, crypto craze of a couple of years back is like, there's the FOMO aspect of you only seem to buy a bunch when everybody's talking about it and piling into it. And by that time, you know, playing Monday morning quarterback of a year ago, you're looking at the price and being like, oh man, I didn't start buying until 40, 45, 50, 60. And then it dumps on you, you know, your, your cost basis wasn't low enough. And so I've definitely done a good job of kind of that old saying, you know, blood in the streets, you buy, hold your nose and buy it when it doesn't feel comfortable. Um, so I've, I've been doing that over the last year, um, you know, dollar cost averaging in nothing huge at one time, Love it. but it, I feel like we've been talking in, you know, on the podcast and inside the community of, you know, it's the accumulation phase, the accumulation phase. And as you said, so eloquently at start of, of this show of the market update episodes, say hey, we're, we're looking at, this is a possible transition time. The market's heating up. You know, you got to start paying more attention in a different way and not that you can't, you know, add some here and there, but you got to start looking, you know, it's not a, cl- a clear accumulation phase. Some things are popcorn yeah. and like we talked about. Um, so yeah, as, as somebody who's not a chart technician um, or a deep researcher, it's more kind of just paying attention. I, I always like to do the, um, I Keep did it, it at Thanksgiving. I'll do it again at Christmas as I ask my, my friends and my family, Hey, you see the Bitcoin price? Do you guys hear anything about Bitcoin? And everybody's still saying no, <laughs> still saying no. Um, no, I, I, yeah, I love that, it. I, I think that's, I it. that sounds like smart money to me. I mean, it sounds like you definitely um, took a lot of what we've shared to heart um, and, and kind of noticed that, you know, during these down times, it's, it's important dollar cost average into the best assets and all that stuff. But, you know, that, like you mentioned, we're in a transitional period that changes. Brendan, let me throw this to you. How does a active trading strategy or an active sort of portfolio risk management strategy change as we go from what we're in, you know, last six months, which was an accumulation to now that breakout phase? Are we more to buy the dip? You know, you know, yeah. I think people are so scarred from, from all these failed breakouts that, that, that they're just never going to want to buy a breakout again. And once that mentality kind of switches where they're like, all right, I'm done buying breakouts, like screw it. Like <laughs> everything is a failed bear market rally. Like now we're in like everything's breaking out of bull flags. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, I think that the dynamic really is shifting. And for a little bit of transparency in where I'm at, you know, I don't just trade crypto. Like I like to invest and trade a lot of different things, traditionals, futures, real estate, et cetera. And what the kind of the stage that I'm at right now is I'm looking at taking profits from all those and taking the profits from those other markets and actually put them in the crypto now because I see crypto having a higher reward than those alternative investments in the short term. I mean, there's just so many positive things. The technicals look great. We have the ETFs on the way, the having, et cetera. There's so much to be excited about. And I think you're right, Bryce, that as we shift, um, and at this point, I, I dare even say shift because I think we're already in this bull market, but the narrative and the thought process of trading has to change from this sell the rip uh, mentality to kind of reversing that. And I think everyone needs to have a buy the dip mentality. So instead of looking at every opportunity and saying, hey, where can I look at selling? Where can I look at taking profit? I think we need to rearrange how we're thinking to kind of target, hey, which asset has the best opportunities to buy the dips? Where can I see the, the dip buying opportunity 
on Bitcoin, on Ethereum, on Solana, whatever crypto that you're looking at, instead of looking at where you take profits, I think you need to be looking at the best, most opportunistic areas to be accumulating. And with that, we see things like the moving averages, the 20, the 50, the 200, all pointing back upwards. They're now being used as support areas where prices on just about every crypto asset is bouncing off of them. We're also starting to see bull flags come back in the flat, come back into play, where we're seeing these moves to the upside, a consolidation through a bull flag, and then a breakout. Those bull flags are going to present the buying opportunities alongside things like moving averages. We're also seeing previous areas of resistance turn into newfound areas of support. We often refer to this as a break hook and go on the candle charts. And so there's a lot of things that the average person can watch out for, but I think it all comes with just the mental switch flipping in your mind of where can I see these these opportunistic areas to buy instead of saying, hey, where can I look at all these different things to sell? And the final thing that I'll leave us with before I hand it back to you two is what I'm looking at doing in this area is taking profits into cryptocurrency. In a bear market, the, the trend is your friend or the trend is not your friend in a bear market. It's moving downwards. So ideally, you want to take profit in the stable coins because if you leave those assets alone that you just took profits on, the odds are they're going to depreciate in value in a bear market. In a bull market, it's the opposite. So when you're taking uh, profits from a trade, I personally like to either number one, put those right into my next trade if I have one available or Put them into something like Bitcoin or Ethereum because if left alone, again, the same concept of the trend is your friend is going to be in play here. And the odds are those assets are going to appreciate in value because the trend is upward. So I don't want to take profits. I don't want to leave it in something like USDC. I don't want to leave it into the US dollar because the odds are in our current trend then that the market will just keep on moving without me. So those are just kind of the, the things that I'm watching out for. It's how I've personally kind of shifted my strategy to be a little bit more current with the times and you know i think there's a little bit of food for thought for everyone in there yeah no that that, that was incredible um definitely a great summary of, of kind of where we're at and um you know kind of how to how to play this market and, and how to kind of posture um now obviously there, there's a lot of altcoins sort of uh inefficiencies in this market if you will still the, these coins are are small cap right some of these coins are you know, anywhere from a million dollar market cap to a hundred million. And then of course, on the, on the big side, you got those billion dollar market caps, but there's still a lot of, you know, really, really interesting moves here in the altcoin market. Um, you know, one thing that I saw that was really interesting this week and full disclosure, um, a lot of the coins that we talk about here on the podcast, you know, we own personally or our businesses do, or, or some, you know, affiliate of ours. So I want, I want everybody to be clear you know, we're, we're bullish on this assets uh, class. You know, we, we kind of put our money where our mouth is. We talk about it a lot. So um, hopefully that's clear. So there's no perceived conflict of interest. But, um, you know, one of the coins that I thought is doing a really good job in this sort of transition phase is SNX. Okay. So SNX is uh, synthetics. And so synthetics is, uh, you know, just got this, um, synthetics just got this sort of uh, new vote that was passed uh, by their council. Okay. They have this distributed council of uh, governors and uh it is voted to reduce or should i say completely eliminate the inflation uh, of the token okay now that inflation of which you know has, has caused the token to fall quite a bit everybody who was using the platform was earning some of this inflation and, and if they were staking they were earning this sort of uh inflation that they were just dumping onto the market and so 
I think you, and, and when this vote was going over and going through, um, not only did they propose to reduce the inflation, they also proposed and got passed um, sort of an algorithmic buyback and burn program for the SNX token, which I think is pretty big. This is pretty. This is what kind of what MakerDAO does as well, Re- based on the fees that the DeFi protocol accrues from all the usage and all that kind of stuff. Based on those fees, they'll take a portion of it, um, a, a significant portion of it, and they'll buy back tokens off of the open market and they'll burn them. They'll send them to a, the verified Ethereum burn address where the tokens go to die, right? It's the graveyard. It's, it's how you know a token could never kind of come back into circulation. So they do the opposite of dilute their holders. So there's this anti-dilution sort of mechanism that is now working for all SNX holders. So, so to me, this is a huge buy signal. The market, in fact, uh, you know, Brennan, Brennan could throw up a chart here um, after and we could take a look at SNX, but you could see the moment that this vote started to get, uh, you know, discussed and then when it passed and there's just been huge breakouts. So, so that was really big. Um, you know, again, there was a really large announcement on AVAX as well. Um, yeah, before I move on to AVAX, um, you know, we could kind of go back to SNX here. Um, US dollar, go to Coinbase. So this thing is up relatively, um, you know, again, not, not as much as some of these other coins like Celestia, which is up like 10x since it launched, you know, three months ago or something like that. SNX is up about double since it bottomed out um, from about $2 to around four and a half, you know, $4 or whatever, around double. Um, and so this sort of proposal started to get voted on and discussed um, just a couple of weeks ago, amidst this sort of bull market where you see that big crossover of those moving averages. Um, so the vote just got passed um, right up here where that big green candle is on, on the far right-hand side of the chart. The vote got passed. Um, and now the market is starting to price in this new information saying, okay, well, the, the calculus changes of this the, the trajectory of price. If we have certain factors that were influencing it in the past that, that no longer exist, um, there needs to be a repricing of this. And so uh, SNX is something that I think that a lot of the world doesn't, you know, a lot of the, the, the overall world doesn't really understand what's going on. It's, it's kind of niche, right? That's why we talk about it. We research, we're specialty researchers in a sense. Um, and this is like, you know, pretty much popping up on our radar, um, flashing bright signals. And the SNX guys, I mean, these are OG DeFi guys. They are, um, you know, they, they know how to build successful projects and protocols. It gets a lot of usage. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about this one. Again, this is not financial advice. I'm not telling everybody to go out and buy this because it's going to go higher immediately. I'm just saying generally it has all those kind of telltale signs of what I personally look for for when I park my money, right? And so, so to me, this looks like an interesting opportunity. Again, not financial advice, but, but, but just go ahead um, and, and consider that. And so um, I think a lot of the world is going to be waking up to it. Even crypto-specific people over time, they'll start to be like, okay, well, where's what are the tokens with the least amount of inflation? And they'll realize, oh my God, SNX, this thing has the Lindy effect. It's been around for, for, for five or six years. It's got a lot of usage. It's got sticky users. Um, a lot of applications are built on it and they don't even have inflation. Wow, this is crazy. Um, you know, and, and I think that, that, that trend is going to be just solidified over time. Um, that was one. I know AVAX, like I mentioned, they've had an incredible year um, especially the, the last couple months. And I actually, you know, AVAX was one that we called out and we highlighted kind of in the, in the, in the wake of the Solana breakout. And we saw AVAX at a, you know, a $7 billion market cap-ish. 
um, called it out, highlighted it as, as just something that was, you know, going to be, um, you know, kind of closing the gap on uh, closing. The, I think it was a $3 billion market cap. Uh, Solana had already re-rated to like a $20 billion market cap. And we said, well, th- this, this discrepancy doesn't make that much sense. And so if you actually take a look and, you know, you go, you know, Brendan, pull up AVAX USD, um, AVAX USD slash Seoul USD. And then just click enter. So what we're seeing here is now AVAX in terms of Solana. Um, so we're actually charting the cross pair here. And you can see AVAX since November has rallied huge, even relative to Solana. So if you were in Solana um, while AVAX was ripping, I mean, you, you, were, you were leaving a lot on the sidelines. So what we did, we, we actually rotated quite a bit out of the Solana trade. That was the first one to pump and then bought AVAX, right? And, and, and saw AVAX as kind of the, the next trade and, and sort of, you know, we wrote you know, some newsletters and, and kind of put out some, some videos talking about just that general trade setup. And it's worked out perfectly because the idea is that, you know, Solana had this $20 billion market cap and the trade back in the past cycle was that these kind of always had similar market caps, always about similar usage. They, it was the Soluna AVAX trade, S-O-L-U-N-A-V-A-X, right? Soluna AVAX. There was always this dance between the three. Mm-hmm. Now we don't have Luna, but now we have just Sol AVAX. And so it was very clear AVAX hadn't uh, had its day in the sun. And, and that was just an, an incredible move that we saw. And so the, the crypto markets are so inefficient, so small still that those are really playable trades. Um, and, and AVAX has a, has a really burgeoning ecosystem. They announced a lot of big RWA sort of real world asset partnerships with other big banks that are going on. Um, it's just incredible to see what's going on there. Um, so, so those are kind of two that, that have been spectacular um, that I think are going to continue to be spectacular. I kind of wanted to call those out. Um, but, but Brendan, anything else on, on your radar here, uh, kind of before we wrap up and, and, and get everybody back uh, to hopefully making a, a killing here in the crypto market? You know, I wouldn't be chiming in about a crypto if I didn't mention the gaming market. It's clear that I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of it. Uh, and IMX price is one that me and you have been talking about. And yep. it's just another textbook trade. Uh, that one of our has most been, recent uh, additions to our model portfolio that we have for all of our Crypt Nation subscribers. Yeah, exactly. And what perfect timing on it. Um, and basically, just what we saw from IMX is, number one, the whole gaming space is really getting a lot of attention. And it makes sense after the amount of funding that we have seen come into the gaming space. I think over the last like two years or so, roughly, we have seen about five and a half billion dollars come into the crypto gaming space and we're now starting to see the fruits of those labors things like imx had a beautiful break hook and go it broke above an area of resistance retraced back down to it tested it as support like we said earlier and then it just shot up to the upside to new uh yearly highs here above two dollars for the first time i mean i mean this is really the first time that imx has seen two dollars since april of 2022 uh, so a lot of cryptos are seeing charts just like this one. I know another one, Bryce, that me and you mentioned was Marinade. Uh, that yeah. thing went on this like holy rip to the upside uh, over the past couple of days. I think it did like 240% or something like that. Massive candle coming in. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's just a lot to see across the board. There's a lot of good stuff to look at. And I think that everyone that's in the crypto markets, 
you don't need to necessarily rush into everything because like we mentioned earlier, there is this game of popcorn happening and one crypto will spike and blow up. It'll have this huge move to the upside. Then while it's cooling down, another one's popping off. And then while yep. that one's now cooling down, a third one's popping off. And just left and right, there is this, this trade-off. But there's also times where the whole market is moving upwards as well. I think the time that we're at right now is we see the, you know, we see major caps like Bitcoin and Ethereum retracing 5%, 10% over the last couple of days. But even in light of that, we saw IMX moving and Cosmos moving and Celestia moving nearly 20% to new year or not even to new yearly highs to new all-time highs yeah. uh, so there truly is opportunity out there and the crypto market is uh certainly got a lot more great things to come yeah no i i think that's that's an incredible sort of uh place to end it on um brendan tivo always appreciate your guys's time and, and your thoughts and uh hopefully everybody at home has enjoyed it um, and we're going to be putting out a lot more content as always. Uh, we're, we're Spotify, Apple, YouTube. Um, please join us on YouTube. We've got you know lots of fun videos and charts and, and just content coming out of our ears practically. So uh, check us out there. Also, if you guys are interested in uh, getting a little bit more involved with with our crypto trade recommendations and just all around what we're doing um, and, and kind of following along with our model portfolios and trade alerts and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we've got a link actually in the uh, the show notes that you guys could check out for $1. You could get a two-week trial. You could come and see all of our technical analysis, all of our fundamental analysis and research and newsletters and videos. Guys, we've got all sorts of courses behind this sort of paywall that we made specially for you, especially for bull markets, telling you guys how to capitalize and how to just make a killing. So um, hopefully everybody who's watching enjoyed. And if you guys want a little bit more taste, Hit the link in the show notes, $1, two weeks. Come and see, guys. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, stay long and stay strong. We'll see you guys on the other side. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.